Shelf is brought to you by Cinder. E-commerce accounting can get really tricky really quickly. Cinder helps simplify your transaction ecosystem with their standalone all-in-one accounting platform. Visit synder.com to learn more. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Gorgeous, the number one e-commerce help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce brands. With Gorgeous, you can automate up to 20% of your commonly asked questions. Plus, it seamlessly integrates into your existing tech stack. Visit gorgias.com slash infinite shelf for two months free. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Shopware. Shopware is an open commerce platform built for brands to deliver the experience their customers need today and into the future. Learn more at shopware.com slash infinite shelf. Hello and welcome to Future Commerce. And Infinite Shelf. <laughs> we are live. Uh, Brian, you are here. I'm here. So I'm just making sure I'm that here. you can get oh, your I'm voice here in there. My voice is in. Um, I'm, I'm live at uh, Shop Talk. Ingrid, this is our first time doing an in-person podcast together. Nope. Uh-huh. Is it not? False. Uh, Ito NRF, West. NRF. NRF. Right before Ito West. the That pandemic. is true. We did have an episode before. You're right. Live at NRF. And I, I believe it was heavy on monoculture. I actually, the most embarrassing thing about that, aside from the fact that you completely forgot about it, is that <laughs> I <laughs> is that I was also wearing a denim jumpsuit, not the same one that I'm wearing right now. Oh my! But Wait, hold on. Do you remember what thing. you were wearing? Of course, I there's do. There's a picture of it. Yeah, there's, most there's a picture, picture of the three of, of us. Yep. Um, I so can't what shout I was out wearing. to denim jumpsuits. Apparently, my thing for conferences. This is <laughs> it's the uh, the the Canadian conference uh, tuxedo. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we all just arrived at Shop Talk, so we can't pretend like we know what's happening at Shop Talk. Nothing's happened yet as far as we're concerned, although it is day two of the show. It is. Uh, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about the things we're anticipating. And right off the bat... I mean, immediately <laughs> upon opening the app, it just... Metaverse. Metaverse. Explosion. Everything is yeah. metaverse, which metaverse, tells you metaverse, metaverse. how <laughs> over the metaverse is. <laughs> this is like when Omnichannel appeared everywhere. Yeah. Oh, like, I know. It just... Yeah. Is the metaverse literally just the internet now? Like it's just like anything no, related to the internet. That's not. not it's not even though. No. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm just saying. We had an argument about this at, at over. We over, had a dinner. Dinner last dinner night. Last night. Dinner, you there. Oh, you, you there. had a dinner argument. Everyone's had we a dinner argument. We just had a dinner argument <laughs> at uh, in Seattle, not so long ago. Not so long ago. Well, I thought we 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 had an argument about NFTs, which I do think is an interesting thing to go into. Yeah, but. The argument that Brian and I were mostly participating in. I don't even think we were like arguing. It wasn't really an argument. Yeah, it was it was a discussion. Like someone that we were at the dinner with was like, F the metaverse. Like <laughs> we I hate the metaverse. I hate Tony. And, Is that Tony? I mean, no, Tony chimed in afterwards. But who, yeah. Who who can oh, we call on. the person out? Who, oh, who was it? It's unimportant. But his stance was basically because I don't see myself participating in the metaverse. I am going to just go ahead and say that the metaverse is useless right. and mm-hmm. not important. And also it was interesting because he kind of added a bunch of other things in the metaverse. So he's like, it's crypto, Bitcoin, NFTs, like it's all just BS. And I was just like, mm, those are like, a, there are a lot, a lot of things that are very, very distinct mm-hmm. about all of those elements that don't have anything to do with A, your individual 
perception of whether the metaverse is a thing or not. Um, and then the best part about all of this is he wrapped it up in this beautiful bow where he was just like, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I game all the time. Like I, I, I do like Fortnite, but I'm not like in the metaverse. Listen, I'm, he's totally listening. I to understand. Right and I, I sense this. all of his exhaustion. Uh, because there's just too much hype around it. That's um, why I said the metaverse is just the internet now. Like basically anyone that can wrap the word metaverse in because they do something on the internet. Like that's what's happening. That's what's happening. But just because- there's, there's an interesting story uh, that just came out. Uh, there is an actual, uh, uh, there has been, there have been multiple high profile sting operations now recently around crypto and money, money laundering. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been a lot of conversation about, like, do we need new IP laws? Do we need uh, new uh, laws to pursue? Yes, the answer the... is yes. But but what's interesting is they're finding new applications for old laws uh, to pursue people that are bad actors in mm. crypto uh, and uh, NFT projects in particular. So mm. there, was a, there was a project uh, that came out. I'll try to reference it as I'm sitting here speaking. Uh, but there was a project that came out that was... Uh, uh, that raised over a million dollars in ETH. Um, they dropped an NFT, uh, promised all of this utility on their marketing website, and then as soon as the drop ended, they shut down the Discord, deleted yeah. the Twitter, wow. they rug pulled and basically said, screw you guys, we're taking the money and running. And the feds found the person awesome. and ar- and arrested them. And it turns out, um, and, you know, what's funny is this just happened to me, is uh, the Ukraine... Uh, uh, basically said, hey, in, in order to ev- in an effort to raise some money, right? Instead of issuing a bond like you have in years past, um, you know, the government did war bonds in pr- prior generations, right? We're mm-hmm. going to issue a token. Yeah. Send your donations to this address and yeah. then a snapshot will be taken and then we will issue a token to all people who participated. And 48 hours later, they're like, nah, never just mind, kidding. everybody. Just kidding. <laughs> so awful. And, and it's funny because had that happened in the United States, that might have been a- able to be pursued through yeah. this now legal precedent that yep. we can actually sue people for making false promises and claims of utility right. um, for wire fraud, specifically for wire fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an interesting moment that we all live in. No one's mad. I'm not mad that I, I mean, sent $500 to Ukraine to aid the war effort, um, although I thought I was getting a token out of it, but it doesn't really matter. Um, the money did go yes, to where it needed to right. go. That's right. It right. goes where it needs that's to go. That's most important. I mean, this 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 sound, it sounded more legit than this session by PacSun in the metaverse. That's, that sounds <laughs> Which like Which is a, the thing that's <laughs> happening here right sorry, now. As that's we really mean. It's probably really good. It literally is the talk that's happening as we podcast. Can we talk about which like sun and surf brand could do a metaverse and would it be PacSun? I mean, I don't want to be too hard on PacSun here, but this doesn't feel like... Zoomies? Zoomies more? Zoomies seems like they may be able to pull something off. I, I actually, I, the Zoomies brand is actually impressive. Yeah. What they were able to do. Is that, that because it's a culture, yes, gasp Seattle, Seattle company? Brand. Yeah, it is. It sure is. <laughs> You're so predictable. It's <laughs> freaking ridiculous. They're not... <laughs> They, I think, are also not um, limited to beach and sun zoomies, right? right? They're kind of just like yeah. young, it's like it's cool. it's like active street. lifestyle, yeah. street, yeah. like skater kind of vibes. It's true. It's true. It's true. They're not limited. Yeah. But I, I think this idea of, you know, 
the the promise of some future utility is something that's falling apart in the direct to consumer space right now. Yeah, uh, we we are seeing that after ten years, a lot of people have lost faith that you can value a company on future free cash flow, mm. and that it hasn't worked out in the real world where we're shipping real product that people really want, that people are wearing the freaking shoes everywhere. People are looking through Warby yeah. Cla- Parker glasses every day and they're living in their Allbirds every day. Mm-hmm. And these companies still somehow uh, just cannot convince public shareholders that they're worthwhile without massive brick and mortar expansion. Yeah. So Ingrid, I'm, I'm curious, like, could, I mean, it's, we just moved all of the people that I follow on Twitter that are following Twitter that were direct to consumer mm-hmm. hype evangelists mm-hmm. are now are now NFT and crypto totally. evangelists, and it makes me just curious as to the durability of like, are what do you see warranted amount of space on this agenda for shop talk for the the this place we are in the cycle of metaverse. Yeah. Well, that's a very layered question. So I'm going to try and break it down. I learned from Brian Lang how to ask a 16-sided question. I've I've, I've rubbed off on you. Point one dot two of your question. Uh, So so the first thing is I'm, you're probably very tired of me doing this, but I really think it's important to break everything down to its fundamentals. Yeah, please. And so when we define D2C, we have to think about what the initial vision was. And that was to disrupt the existing industry or category with a product that is equal to or better than the existing products that are available and make them more affordable and get them to you quicker. And then mostly there's been like a halo effect of, well, that means that you have to create brand notoriety and you have to create a brand that people can connect with and feel like they can be a part of. And it sort of becomes their identity. When I whip out my Warby Parker glasses case, um, that says something about who I am. If I'm wearing all birds, which you know, <laughs> you know that someone has hijacked my body. <laughs> this is, they printed your conference pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you, this, there is a, there's a viral thing, Ingrid, that was like, if if you have been taken hostage and you can only in one tweet signal that you needed help, yeah. what would it be? Ingrid's wearing all of Ingrid's, <laughs> Ingrid's wearing all of <laughs> We lost Sorry, everybody Alberts. now. We've offended everybody that ever listens to the show. Shout out to yeah. Tech Bros United. We it's true. We've insulted, you know, Paxson, Alberts. Really yeah. I mean, similar honestly, brands. Honestly, I think Paxson does a great job. Just to be just to be clear. <laughs> Shout out to Paxson. They're doing great. Um Metaverse Paxson, we should we should talk about that, but in, in private. Okay, okay, okay. Um so okay. So then I think the the iteration of your question is like, how does that exist within the metaverse, right? Yeah. Is there a future for D2C 100%. brands within the metaverse? So I think that if brands and companies in general are following the principles that were sort of created around why D2C brands came in and were able to be as powerful and meaningful and, and culture building as they were, then I think you can apply those same principles in the metaverse, Right. I just think that there's so much noise and confusion and convolution and um, different reasons for entering into the metaverse Mm -hmm. that are distractions from having that pure D2C disruptive experience within the metaverse or within the physical world, just to be clear, that it's harder and harder. Um, People are not as able to 
see that through. And so I think if you're finally able to like peel back the layers of the onion and like actually think about what you're serving and why you're there and whether it's in physical or, or, or the metaverse, then I think that there's a, there's a place for you. I mean, I guess what you're, what I hear you saying is the freaking Brian has in like, you've, you've ruined my brain I about have, a podcast now. At every level. That is a Brianism. Uh, <laughs> anyone is capable of doing anything because there's an audience ostensibly for everything, especially if you have enough time in the market. So really you just have to kind of, to, to coin a phrase, you have, you have to be default alive and having poor unit economics and, and, uh, and, and being heavily dependent on, on outside capital for just to exist is not a great place to be so that mm -hmm. you can have longevity in the market. Yeah. And the unit economics is a complicated thing in and of itself because of Amazon. Yes. Like, and the expectations that Amazon has Cre created. Right. And so the unit economics of me having to ship something within the same time using the same framework, basically, that Amazon has been, been able to invest in mm -hmm. becomes really challenging. So that's a big part of the unit economics not working. This is why I'm more excited about Kroger than I am about a lot of other brands right now. <laughs> why? Explain. <laughs> because I actually, I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I think Kroger is doing an incredible job of, of working with brands that would have maybe been D to C or R to C, but are looking at new distribution strategies and Kroger's done a really good job of getting them on their shelves. And I am excited about that. Actually, yeah. I love going to my local Kroger. Aww. Are you part of the fuel points program? Yes, I am. So this is like, is for all of the hype that we hear all the time about things like tokens and crypto and ways mm -hmm. to get in and mm -hmm. stuff. Crypto bros are basically just this generation's extreme couponers. Totally. Like there, there is a point hacking. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. There is a point hacking. Uh, like there's, they, they, they come from the same, it's a horseshoe. Like they are so close to each other on, on the spectrum of things. Like they are not the same, but they're extremely close in the way that in the behavior yes. fuel points hackers for Kroger is like, I think people move. They literally move to be closer to a Kroger so that they can take advantage of the Kroger fuel point system. Or Costco. Oh my God. Cinder can help simplify your e-commerce transaction ecosystem with their standalone all-in-one accounting platform. With more than 30 integrations available, visit synder.com and use EasyBooks for 40% off to get accurate and unified profit and loss reporting, easy reconciliation across all your e-commerce platforms, and so much more. That's synder.com and use the code EasyBooks for 40% off. So this is where the nuance of of crypto and just right. like creating this big umbrella of like what crypto people are and are like. We're all there's one thing that I think unites us all is that we're insufferable, right? So like <laughs> <laughs> let's yes. start there. Oh, I'm, I'm influencing <laughs> you as well. It's, Everyone's just getting influenced by me. <laughs> it's really funny because you are the I, tie that binds. Bro. I was having this conversation <laughs> with my friend Gabby, and Gabby was like, "I really want to hear about this crypto thing. Like, I really, really do. But once I open up that floodgate, like, is there a way to close it? Like, yeah, <laughs> no. And I'm like, it's, no. But so it's like, what happens if I discover Twitter. a new fetish? Yeah. Like, that's it's really oh you just go. Down it has awakened hole. something inside of me. <laughs> yeah. There's no going back. There's no going back. <laughs> I, 
I'm the foot guy now. It just happened. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. No, I, I'm saying it's like uh, uh, the, the crypto bro doesn't stop being a crypto bro. Um, I'm so sorry, Ingrid, you were saying. Carry <laughs> on. My point is that so I, I have unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, fallen down this rabbit hole. And I now am one of those people who listens to crypto podcasts like mm-hmm. Bankless, for example. Mm-hmm. And those people have really sort of opened up my understanding of the more macro philosophical global markets component of crypto and its impact. And that's a very big can of worms that I definitely can't close. And it's fascinating, but it brings up all these conversations around decentralization, what that means. Um, they're, they are in this sort of subculture of crypto that's very decentral, like they're for decentralization. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of on the fence, but I'm interested in their point of view. So I, I listen. I think is too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, enough dumping on packs. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that the, the thing that I'm trying to tease out here at shop talk without having actually been to a session yet. And we will. Um, so we'll report back. Uh, we have three shows that we're actually recording here at, uh, uh, between uh, this crew. I think that actually maybe even more, I don't know. There's a lot yeah, coming out of the show. There's a lot going um, on. So we're right at the beginning, but I think that the, the amount of real estate that crypto and, and, uh, specifically maybe NFTs or digital loyalty mm-hmm. is taking up in the, in the program is uh, maybe indicative of the era in which all of these talks were booked. Uh, because I think if you booked yeah. them today, yes. they wouldn't be as prevalent. Mm, I think I, agree. I think we kind of missed, there's a lot going on in the world right now where I don't think that crypto is the most important thing. I don't know. That's my, that's my take. And, and there are some really interesting things that are happening in that world. There's, you know, the, there's a central bank digital currency that could be coming from mm-hmm. the U.S. Treasury. Like this is, there was a whole executive order around crypto recently. Like you can pay your taxes with Bitcoin this year. If you, owe, if you owe crypto taxes, you can pay in crypto. Yeah. Like these are things that are genuinely, I don't think you put the genie back in the bottle ever. No. But there's an eight to 10 year ramp here before yeah. it actually becomes real. Yes. Where you can actually have a meaningful conversation about what what strategy a brand used mm-hmm. to, to, you know, attract customers via these, these efforts. I don't. I don't, nobody knows right now. Everyone's just talking about what they did and they have no measure of success as to but whether it's, it's a so lot of innovation. That, that's, yeah, go say what you're going to well, say. Well, no, it's just, it's a lot of like, like people doing things in a very lightweight way to test them out and see how they respond. Like how, talking yeah. about them broadly. So you yeah. mean the whole e-commerce community. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. That's basically how everything works. <laughs> totally. And I kind of like, I like that about what we do. It's a really exciting thing and it attracts a type of person who is willing to be experimental and go out on a limb and take a risk. And we were just complaining probably like right before the pandemic of like, man, things are getting a little less exciting these days, right? It's a little stale. The innovation is like, okay, fine. How many things can (laughs) I dice things up into and whatever and cool. It's true. But now I think the metaverse. We have a word. We have a word to help sum up all the things that we're doing. What is it? Metaverse. Oh, well, right. No. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if metaverse is. Yeah, it's gotten tainted. It's like That's omni-channel. What That's what I'm yeah, saying. The concept exactly of omni-channel is so important. That's, but that was my point. Metaverse. Right. It's this annoying thing that yes. people just roll their eyes at. And right. that's a problem. It is Pant. a problem. It's when you say the word pants too much. Yeah. It loses all meaning. Right. <laughs> 
Pants. Pants, pants, pants. And it's like, I, it, I feel that like even, how's that even spelled? Neil's, is that a thing? Neil a Stevenson's thing? rolling over in his in his grave. He's not dead. He's but, not a. He's, <laughs> I know he's not dead. Isn't also, he, by the he way, a Washington guy. He is. He's from Seattle. <laughs> This uh, is, by the way, we've lost literally everybody listening to the show. Now we're just hanging out. This is great. <laughs> I mean, that's really what we're here for. Wait, but I have we have this point. I think that we're we're making a good yeah, thing. Is that a point. The, that's a good point. The metaverse component and all of the innovation, new thinking, risk taking that it is inspiring. Mm-hmm. I don't think that any of like the creation of what the end result of the metaverse is going to be, or like the utilization of it in its prime existence is going to be but i think the framework or at least the pipelines within companies to fund adventures within the metaverse um find talent that thinks about the metaverse at least even listen to pack sun and their experience within the metaverse like those are all things that are going to start sort of laying the initial bricks and when you look at a building being built you see the foundation and you're like i guess maybe that can be something and then you start seeing everything else going on top of that and you're like huh okay this is coming together so you're bullish on the metaverse (laughs) yeah well i don't know this is in your analogy like there's a million people starting to build right now but no one knows if anyone has you know funds enough to complete it or Mm -hmm. or or demand enough to fill you know occupancy in a in a to the in point, the building. To, to the point of our friend last night, like there, like I, I just recently tried out a quote unquote metaverse experience that was, uh, it was a collab between Lady Gaga and Paxson. And <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, it was some champagne brand, and now I forget which one. Um, but so memorable. Yes. Yeah, what a great memorable. brand experience. And like you <laughs> kind of walk around, it's like kind of being in a video game with no point other than to sell you things. And, Which is the entire... And that was, that was our friend's point, that he oh, has no... He has zero interest in, in like, engaging in an experience like that. <laughs> I, yeah. I have to ask a, a, a few questions. Ingrid, the last time that we had an in-person podcast together, which I forgot, but now I remember... Um, <laughs> denim jumpsuit. We, we talked about... We talked about... Yeah, don't ever forget the denim jumpsuit. Um, jumpsuit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, romper? Mm-hmm. There are we different things. Romper. We don't use the word romper. No. Okay. All right. Uh, rest in peace, romp him. <laughs> right. Also, while we're on the fashion before tip, before it's time, we have to explain. So I saw you today. Yeah. And I'm looking at you right now, and <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, thank you. Yeah. Um, you're giving uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in one fine day. Thank vibes. you. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> very into it but like i didn't i didn't i wasn't sure if i could like pull this off and now i'm really unsure if i could pull no, it I'm off so, i'm here for it it looks fantastic thank you so much um never been compared to michelle pfeiffer before high bar i think I'll, that's a compliment i'll take it yeah. i'll take it um okay here's the point in that conversation that we had at nrf years ago uh i think we had talked about like whether a monoculture could ever exist again. Mm-hmm. And there's the nicheification of everything. Everything feels incredibly personal. And we're trying to attract these small, like passionate audiences of people. And I guess the thing that I'm skeptical on is, isn't software supposed to agglomerate? Like, isn't software supposed to build gigantic audiences? And to say that 
any software that purports to have some sort of utility that attracts a community large enough to become monoculture sized is the thing everyone's looking for out of NFTs. But I think we're post monoculture. And digitally, then only software businesses that power the brands could become monoculture-esque, right? Mm -hmm. There's a handful of dominant e-commerce platforms. There's a handful of dominant cloud SaaS platforms. Really, the only true monocultures we have left are the giant software platforms on which we're trying to build new monocultures. Mm -hmm. And they fund, I think we're post-monoculture. But I I don't know, I don't know if they're monoculture. I know. Monoculture. (laughs) I don't know if what you're saying is true, though. I think that software can empower niche experiences. That's sort of the point of software as well is but that that's it to can say that we can you build can you build relevant large enough communities that are sustainable that have to be powered by these otherwise like these platforms require growth right mm-hmm. and right. and right, right, right. they all require growth and in fact they don't have the, to the revenue multiples the and the investment in the current state of the metaverse and the way that we're you know everyone's saying oh uh in Web 2, you raise capital and then create a community. In Web 3, you yeah, create community. a community and it raises capital. But someone's going to get tired or people are going to run out of money eventually when yeah. they say that, like, there's no more money left to go around for all of these communities that I supposedly, that have half-done projects that I could all pot- potentially participate in. I don't know, man. It feels like a house of cards. Well, I think there's no way to divine what it will possibly look like, even though I do believe that will be a thing. I just think it's so far right. away no, that, that. You, you couldn't yeah. possibly ever have predicted that the bookstore online would become the thing that... 60% of that e-commerce. Every, you know, I mean, what do we more know? people are subscribed th- to Amazon Prime than profess to be Catholic I in the United States. what That's you're insane. saying is this, Philip. Oh, God. Sun is the next Amazon. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> Dude, you are going to meet someone from PacSun this week. They're going to kick and you in gonna, the nuts. They're going to be like, yeah, I'm going check, to check out this podcast of yours. And you're like, really don't. It's yeah. bad. Skip that last one. Skip, skip the one that says PacSun no. in the title. Come at me, PacSun. Come at me, PacSun. <laughs> Wait. That's the, show, that's the show title right there. Gorgeous is the e-commerce help desk that turns your customer service into a profit center. Powered by machine learning and automation, Gorgeous can help your brand turn visitors into shoppers, unlock sales through live chat, text, and social media, and increase your ad effectiveness by the equivalent of a 5% increase in ad spend. Gorgeous continues all of these communication channels through email, SMS, Instagram, DMs, live chat, phone, and more, all organized in one place. With this deep integration with your e-commerce store, you'll be able to quickly see all customer data, order history, and take actions right from your help desk. To learn more about why 8,000 customers, including Steve Madden, Princess Polly, and Marine Lair, use Gorgeous, go to G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot com slash infinite shelf and get two months free today. Nobody knows your customers better than you do, so why limit yourself? Offer outstanding customer experiences with Shopware, a turnkey open commerce platform featuring the Rule Builder for powerful and fully customized customer journeys, the Flow Builder for no-code automation of complex business operations and everyday workflows, and Guided Selling to create interactive live video events straight from your Shopware website. Trust Shopware's open framework and powerful network to help you deliver the exceptional experiences your customers deserve now and into the future. 
join tens of thousands of successful merchants worldwide. Find out more at shopware.com slash infinite shelf. So Philip, I think what you're what you're going at is actually a really fair point about the house of cards. Mm. My comment is more around I fully agree with you in that the monoculture is a thing that existed and then the internet and the sort of nichification of the places that you can spend your time yep. and consume media and all of that has definitely changed or destroyed monoculture as we knew it, right? right? And I don't know if it is I'm actually I'm starting to get more and more convinced and maybe it's because I really like monoculture. So I see the world through that lens that the pandemic and the sort of dual, like the duopoly of Facebook and Google and actually and YouTube and places that people are spending their time are somewhat consistent Mm -hmm. now that we are finding ourselves maybe coming back to a monoculture. Like the thing that happened last night on the Oscars (laughs) Like everyone knows about that. Yes, I know. That's true. But it lasts it doesn't last because, as long, though. because the platform in which yeah. we we grab you're right, the half life is shorter. Yeah. So maybe I don't monoculture know if, is do just think, like ephemeral. I'm curious. Actually, let's all take a bet real quick on the slap heard around the world. Mm-hmm. How long do you think we're gonna be talking about this? Mm, is forty eight hours. Forty eight hours? Yeah. I, I'm gonna say two weeks. I think there will be hot takes for There's the next two really weeks. There's not really a difference between the two. There will be memes for the next way. two weeks. Right. It's either like it's either years or less or, or not. Anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, like, like 48 hours and, and you know, in a week, there like there's no – or two weeks. There's, there's yeah. no difference in my mind between those What are you distances. talking about? There's a massive difference. Those are really short, I think is what he's saying. Yes. Short term no matter what. But let's, yes. talk, let, let's talk about something else that happened at the Oscars. Uh, I don't the, know anything the, else that happened at the Oscars. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Which is another problem. Um, Coda won mm-hmm. Best Picture. Mm-hmm. That was distributed via Apple TV, mm. which is a two and Streaming. a half year old service. Yeah. And it took Netflix billions of dollars. And like and 15, 15 years. years. And they still haven't won a Best Picture after throwing gobs of money, mm-hmm. billions of dollars mm-hmm. at content creation. That's because Netflix is trash and I'm canceling them. <laughs> Oh, I like Netflix, but I, I actually, like Netflix too. Apple, Apple, that is. I Let think me tell no, you about I, my I newest like, Netflix. I like uh, Netflix, but I might be canceling. I, I will tell you my my newest Netflix obsession. Go go ahead, Ingrid. Sorry. Oh no, I, I was thinking that um, Apple is this example. I think is a really great example of how company culture and a culture around innovation and quality and yes. premium yes is no can, is going to beat out the money every single time. It's Maybe highly it's curated. Yeah. yeah, Highly curated. And it's not just that, oh, we're going to like f- band together and create this Oscar worthy picture. It's, it's that, well, of course, if we're going to get in a room and create a movie, mm. it's going to be Oscar worthy. Right. Like well, this is, this is a, actually gets back to the idea of attention. Get, let footprint, me, hold on. Let me, which, let me, let me just make sure that I'm not talking out of my left ear. Um, that is not a phrase that anyone has ever made before. Um, the, uh, I believe that Apple acquired the rights to distribution at Sundance last year and beat out everyone else in paying top dollar for it. Got so it. sorry, go well back, said. go back to your, your no, this your is why, I, uh, this is why I picked HBO max as like my media pick of the year when we did our predictions mm, episode, right. because their attention, like the, their footprint is quality, right? This is why I said HBO specifically HBO. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. 
and and a three decade run at that. They're yes. very good at that. Totally. Right. Right. Whereas I feel like the brand, like brands, not just media companies, but brands that that have thrown everything at the wall are actually going to suffer a little bit coming up here. Um, people, there's too much stuff and things to sort through, and it's overwhelming. And this is the point I just made. <laughs> yeah. There's too much. It's highly fragmented. It's highly yeah. fragmented. So you can't have like the whole point of capitalizing anything yeah. is to is to create and and leverage future growth. Like you're you're yeah. getting in and investing in a future growth opportunity. And if everything is fragmented, you can't have the kind of scale and exit multiple in in the funding of that right that you have that people have had in prior decades that's true but i think that that is not the forever state i think it's a transitionary state Mm. um like we see the more powerful richer companies buying up the smaller companies and you know we see it with our with our packages of streaming channels where it's like we're gonna take down cable and now you just are buying cable from youtube tv the problem with the strategy though is that none of these things end up getting united and none of them end up getting curated either like like all the garbage comes with the acquisitions and no one ever pairs it down to something that's actually meaningful that's where i think the biggest opportunity in this current market is right now everything that is going to be worth anything is entirely based in curation so okay this is the strong parallel. OpenSea, mm-hmm. right? Rarible mm-hmm. marketplaces are retailers. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. what they are. Yeah. I mean, there's a different model and listing and whatever, but the, the same the, is true of Sephora and PacSun. Like, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. They're t- yeah. Yeah. They're tastemakers. Tastemakers. Right. And, and the, 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 you've seen it in your, in your prior, you know, work, Ingrid, is that, and, and maybe even in your current work, there's there's an element to predicting future trends, investing in the future of the business mm-hmm. with category expansion and diversification, right? Product mm-hmm. innovation that happens in every single business. And and to become something that's meaningful and and to evolve for the future, you have to make bets. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And you have to guess. Sometimes they're educated guests, right? (laughs) Right. Guesses. But you've, you've, you you effectively, you're, you're taking a risk. Mm -hmm. So maybe the arbitrage opportunity upcoming is actually, uh, it's, it's curating and paring down the ecosystem. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm. Cut the fat, focus on the stuff that actually pays off. Um, and that actually is good. And for most companies who are incapable of doing that in their own core competency and really incapable of doing that in technology choices, Mm -hmm. right, in platform decisions, how do people make technology platform decisions? They just look at their strongest comp in their category and do what they did. Totally. That's how everybody does it. Yeah. I don't care what, nobody wants to be the oddball, right? I mean, we have great friends, but if you're, if, if all of your competitors are on Salesforce, you're not buying Shopify. Like that's typically how it goes. Yeah. And so, uh, no one wants to be the oddball out and that's how people make decisions, especially when it's outside of their, their realm of expertise. Totally. And that's why I think that we're eight to 10 years out from anything material happening in the uh, space. That's and such that's a great point. Why we don't need 
20 sessions on NFTs and digital loyalty and crypto at a conference like this. So flash in the pan and a year or two from now, it'll all have pulled back and we'll be back to talking about the boring stuff for a little while because you know why? Because mm. actually e-commerce and web work is kind of like new blue collar work. It's trade work. You learn everything that you need to know doing the work and there's apprenticeships and journeymanships and you get better as you go and you create internal knowledge in a in an organization that i think is is not taught in the school or i don't know i think it's that way now i don't think it grew up that way and so i think the the existence of e-commerce as you're describing it right now is something that you know, 22 year old Ingrid would have not touched with a 10 foot pole. Mm. Right. Cause it just wasn't interesting, innovative, exciting enough. And I think there's a world in which, yes, some of the things have gotten much more streamlined. There's a way to do things. There's a well-beaten path. And if that's the way you want to live your life, then there's a really great career here for you. But I think that combining the metaverse, combining this constant need for better consumer for better for you consumer products better for better for the environment consumer products there's a lot of innovation that i do still think that e-commerce people um from the original sort of e-commerce build-up days are now excited about and thinking about and i think there's a there's been peeled off some of the elements that are more run-of-the-mill and can be taught in our well, trade i think that's why we saw a lot of p2c people move to to NFTs. NFTs. Yeah, because it was like interesting. And we've talked a little bit about this, um, about this on the podcast before, but like, isn't a lot of what we do in, in business or like the way things move forward is because we're just tired of the status quo. Like, it's just boring. It's not interesting anymore. And so we have to find new interesting things to do because like, or at least some people have to find new interesting things to do. Like 22 year old Ingrid yeah. would have been like, yeah, I don't want to be an e-com manager. That sounds boring. Boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that like it's definitely it's a combination of we need something new to do and a new challenge. But I do think that there's also systemic problems that people are trying to solve with yeah. crypto and NFTs and the metaverse and things One like that. One of the that. things that I think is happening, and I don't know if there's a super direct relation here, but like I do believe that something that's really interesting that's happening that I want to see more of is the connection point between product and, and like, and digital, like, uh, product innovation cycles need to be de-siloed from marketing and selling cycles. And they have, that's happened quite a bit lately, but I feel like there's even more that can happen. Mm. Um, and I know we're, we're getting, that's a, that's a deep topic for another time for the the end of the podcast. Let's give you the, (laughs) let's give you the final word. Uh, what's, what, what are you heading to? What are you thinking, uh, you're going to get from shop talk today? Well, um, I'm very, very interested in customer lifetime value Mm. and systems and software that is going to help me make better informed decisions around building that CRM capability within my team. Um, that's number one. Number two is, um, attribution modeling, (laughs) (laughs) my favorite topic slash least favorite. Um, and I think that that's actually a really great hack for any conference attend, like coming to a conference, you have to have like one max two big things that you want to accomplish. And, And those are my two things, CRM and attribution MTA. Fantastic. Come at me. Okay. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll hear more about it. We've got a couple more of these episodes coming to you from Shop Talk. We've got a new mini series about to launch at Future Commerce. A lot to 
tune into. Uh, that's it. Uh, if you were at Shop Talk and you want to talk shop, uh, drop us a line, hello at futurecommerce.fm. Uh, or uh, Ingrid, do you drop your email on your podcast at all? Yeah, Ingrid at futurecommerce.fm. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, that's it. I don't know how that's to... That's it for now. That's it for now. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>